Yeah. Catherine, on this wage increase, is uh, can we expect these numbers are going to keep ticking up? Are we going to keep seeing seven cents extra in our paychecks? Well, I don't know about the exact number, but, <laughs> but it, you know, I think the expectation from a lot of economists that I've spoken to is that, yes, we will continue to see this very modest um, but upward direction in terms of where wages are, uh, in part because there have been a bunch of surveys of small and medium-sized businesses the last couple of years that keep uh, suggesting that employers are having trouble finding workers. Um, and then the big puzzle was if they say that they can't find workers, why aren't they paying more for the workers that they are able to find? So maybe um, that's finally catching up with them, you know, that they're they're realizing that if they want talent, they have to be willing to pay for it, which in turn suggests that uh, they'll continue uh, raising wages at least a teeny tiny bit going forward. And Sudipta, we also saw today that more people are entering the labor market, and I wonder what impact that could have on wages. Could, act, could that actually depress wage growth? It's certainly going to keep wage growth pretty slow. It's, it's undeniably good that you have more people coming into the labor force off the sidelines. We need that to keep happening, and it's a good thing when it happens uh, and it pushes up the unemployment rate for the right reasons. That's all great. But you have millions of people now who are serving as a standby labor force. They will come in slowly as uh, job growth continues, and they will serve to keep a, a, a lid on wage growth for the foreseeable future. So um, for that's good for uh, people who are coming in, but for everyone who's already in the labor force, uh, that's probably not as good because they're just going to see continued moderate wage gains. We've only got about a minute left here, but I want to ask a little bit about Janet Yellen this week. We had good jobs numbers. The stock market had a strong week. But Janet Yellen was more tempered in her outlook for the economy. And I wonder, Catherine, what did you hear in her statement? What's this add up to for the Fed? Well, she expressed some concern, as she has in the past, about global risks uh, to the U.S. economy, meaning in particular China as well as commodity prices. She mentioned that, you know, we need to be cautious about what we're seeing in the job market. Don't get too excited, um, that everything kind of calls for moderation. And she also suggested that even the relatively um, slow path of interest rate growth that had been predicted in the past may be too ambitious, that we may it may be a little bit longer before we see another rate hike. You know, that we, saw, we finally saw one in December after years and years and years of waiting, um, and that there may be cause to wait um, a little bit longer than previously expected for the next one, given these global risks. Catherine Rampell of The Washington Post and Sudeep Reddy of The Wall Street Journal, thank you both. Thank you. Thanks, Adrian. On Wall Street today, traders were humming a feel-good tune. We'll have the details when we do the numbers. Oil prices fell 4% today. That's after a Saudi Arabian prince told Bloomberg the kingdom has no plans to freeze production unless Iran and the other big oil producers do the same. But it was another part of that interview that caught our attention. Deputy Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman outlined plans to build the world's largest sovereign wealth fund, which is in essence a state-owned investment fund, and plans to start to get out of the oil business. Marketplace's Amy Scott explains. 
Within 20 years, the deputy crown prince said the world's largest oil exporter will no longer depend mainly on oil. Energy consultant Leo Dralis says the threat of catastrophic climate change, combined with the fall in oil prices, has made that move imperative. They are worried about the long-term future of the oil industry, and they are so reliant on oil that they want to really reduce that reliance. To do so, Saudi Arabia plans to grow its state-run public investment fund, which now mostly invests in domestic projects, into a global powerhouse worth more than $2 trillion. By 2020, the fund will reportedly increase its foreign investments from 5% to 50 Michael Madwell is president of the Sovereign Wealth Fund Institute. There's a bigger push to invest in the overseas assets and earn a return, and that investment income will help offset the fiscal deficits. Deficits, which swelled to $98 billion last year as oil prices collapsed. To raise money for the investment fund, Saudi Arabia plans to sell shares of its state-owned oil company, Saudi